he sucks and he'll always suck. Welcome to Football and Other F-Words. I am your host, Mr. Lebowski. Joined, as always, by producer and co-host, Zach Lyons. And we have Mike Miracles with us today. And you can find him at musiccitymiracles.com. I'm glad to have all three of us on today. How are we doing, boys? Doing good. I got some uh, at Double Dogs in Sylvan Park. Got a diddly logger going. And um, what's playing in the background right now? Don't really know, but we'll have some music playing in the background for, you know, whenever I'm talking, probably. Zach is rocking a full over-the-ear gaming headset. I really like it. It is, actually, it is a fun, gaming headset. It's a full-on, like, I think it's a Logitech gaming headset. It but, is. Um, it's a Logitech GXP Pro or 97 <laughs> or something. I don't know. I bought it for Lauren because she needed something, like, really quick for her uh, – virtual online classes to get yeah. her master's degree and so i've now since she's completed her master's i have absconded it to do uh be able to do these podcasts that uh, i've been doing anywhere i need to because my schedule is so crazy right now no absconded I'd... you're such a scallywag you like that you like that word absconded yeah. i don't even remember that's i think that may actually be the first time i've ever used that word so i don't even know where it came from Oh, you oh, did it well. Really, really nice $15 word. I like that, yeah. sir. Yeah. Pulled it off. Today, we're going to get into Patrick Mahomes signing a ridiculous, um, basically, Department of Defense style contract at $503 million. <laughs> um, we are going to discuss Derrick Henry. Is he going to get an extension? Um, the disrespect of the Titans organization continuously by uh, professional media members, and I say professionally lightly with some of the names we're going to bring up, and uh, fans at NFL games for 2020, do we think it's going to happen? I'm going to start, though, with Patrick Mahomes. Signs a 10-year extension worth $503 million with $477 million in guaranteed mechanisms. Mike, what is a guaranteed mechanism? Basically, it's uh, a mechanism. Uh, <laughs> it's that, guaranteed. It guarantees different parts of his deal uh, throughout. So basically, it's like if he's on the roster in 2022, his, it triggers his 2024 salary to be fully guaranteed at that point. So it's it's all these triggers where – it guarantees his money further out as you go, kind of. That's yeah. The it's, idea. it's nuts looking at it. It's a one of a kind kind of contract. I'm looking at it on Spot Track in the contract notes, and I was going over with uh, Lebowski before we started. But it's like 2026 roster bonus fully guarantees on the third league day of 2025, but the 2026 salary plus the workout bonus plus the 2027 roster bonus fully guarantees on the third league day of 2026, like. The way they have this done to skirt the cap and the dead cap is kind of crazy. It's it's genius. I mean, whoever came up with this contract and the negotiations had to be the most complicated negotiations ever. It was a pure genius. I mean, this is this is so good for the Chiefs, but it's also so good for Patrick Mahomes. I mean, there's no trade clause, and the Chiefs are protected for – he can't go and do – you know, rock climbing and, you know, uh, high impact bowling or whatever he likes to do. 
But there still is no clause about putting ketchup on steak, and I feel like that should have been in there because if he, sh- I think he should have to sacrifice money for every time he does that. So a, a random Twitter user by the name of Katie Camlin, apparently the day this was going to happen, works at a liquor store somewhere near the Kansas City Chiefs facility and actually beat Adam Schefter to the po- uh, punch and said that a, a group, and I'm paraphrasing here, a, a group of front office employees for the Chiefs came in and bought a case of Dom Perignon. And when she asked what it was for, she said they said it was for a signing celebration. And she kind of did her own you know, deductive reasoning and said, if it's not Chris Jones and it's got to be a Mahomes deal. So she actually beat Schefter to the punch. He ended up sending her a DM that said, you know, Hey, congrats. It's pretty good. You know, good, good pickup by you. So I, I thought that was kind of neat. Let me ask about going back to the 477 million and guaranteed mechanisms. This is where I do not know how NFL contracts work very well. Is it incentive bonuses that are tied into there as well? If he has to hit X, Y, and Z in, in, you know, certain stats that he has to hit in season, or is this he's just going to get the $477 million for showing up and playing football? <laughs> Zach, Excuse me. Sorry, Zach, I jumped up. Zach started to sneeze, like, literally as I asked that. <laughs> Whoever wants to take it can run with it. Uh, it's definitely – he has to be on the roster. So a roster bonus means he has to be on the roster okay. at the third league, at the third day of the league uh, when it starts. And then a workout bonus, I guess he just has to show up to off-season workouts. Is that right, Mike? Uh, yeah. Yeah, basically he just has to show up for, for those. Um, yeah, those are really more, I guess, incentive to keep guys from skipping, you know, voluntary workouts and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, for, for the most part, most of that stuff is practically guaranteed. So 477 million just to show up, he just, there's no incentives in there where he has to win a certain number of playoff games or anything like that. No, uh, there's no performance incentives that I see unless they're hidden away really well. I mean, any, I don't know what performance incentive you would be able to put in, that right. he wouldn't hit like 70 passing touchdowns. I mean, this guy's going to get all of the touchdowns. <laughs> and then really right. from not to toot your own horn, uh, Lebowski, but you are a Patrick Mahomes uh, fantasy owner. How do you feel about being locked into the Chiefs for this long? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to him for as long as I can. I'm going to ride that dynasty wave for as long as I can, even though it's, I'm just going to stay dead center of the fantasy football league like I do every year. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you the guys this. Looking at this contract and thinking of Andy Reid's career, is this a sign that Eric Bieniemy is going to eventually become the Chiefs head coach? Because I would think you wouldn't sign a long-term contract unless there was some form of stability or security there for a head coach for that long. Because, I mean, as good as Patrick Mahomes is, you can always find a really bad head coach that could ruin – anything that you have with them. I kind of wonder if this isn't a little telltale sign that if the Chiefs win a Super Bowl in the next next year or so, that maybe Andy Reid is going to retire and uh, and wear those uh, Hawaiian shirts, you know, in normal situations like retirement. Like Hawaii? Possibly. Wow. Um, that was insightful, Mike. Thank you. Um, I, I guess that's possible. I don't know. I've, it, 
you would definitely have to have like a firm guarantee from Reed though, because the enemy's going to be a hot coaching prospect. He should have been already, frankly, but uh, he's going to be a hot coaching prospect next cycle. And I can't imagine the chiefs keep him more than one more year. Um, unless Reed is saying, all right, this is going to be my last year, like this year, it would have to be a pretty short fuse. I would think. Because I mean, Andy Reed's not going to be able to stay on this team forever. Right. I mean, through this contract, no way. Yeah, I don't see. No, I can't see that. I don't see Andy Reid lasting a, a, another decade in the league either. I, I think, I think you got to say two or three years, probably max, before he starts looking at it. But who knows? I mean, if they start putting together some seriously sick dynasty stuff and go back to a Super Bowl every other season, or God forbid, start winning one every other season, who knows? Maybe he tries to hang in there, but uh. That's a that's a big man. I don't know. No big man's gonna gonna hold in there that long. He may just want to hang it up at some point. So his contract is a hundred and seventeen pages long. Is that normal for an NFL contract? I have no clue. But if it's if you have read that somewhere, that must mean that's an outrageous amount of length right. for a contract. Yeah, it, I can't someone, imagine it's normal. Someone went out of their way to point out that it was 117 pages. And, and again, like we were saying earlier, I obviously he's got the other stuff in there about rock climbing, jet skis, playing basketball. I, is that stuff derived from like footage or knowledge of what someone's off season habits are? Or do contract lawyers just have this long string of BS that they're always going to stick in there? Like, oh, no jet skis. That's certainly not happening. <laughs> I'm not sure if those are uh, Patrick Mahomes specific, but I can say that based on experiences from myself and a friend of the show, Chris Alexander, uh, jet skis and basketball are very dangerous activities. <laughs> so it's smart of the Chiefs to put those in there. So what Mike is referring to is he has, uh, sh- have you shredded both your knees or one knee? Just the one knee, but that, uh, the one's all you need. <laughs> But that's what one was all you need. And we've had a buddy break an arm on a jet ski. Like I'm sure a lot of people have broken things on jet skis, including the jet ski themselves, the most worthless piece of watercraft you can buy outside of a boat. Um, which I guess leads us into, and is a really hard segue into an extension because who wouldn't want $500 million, but Henry extension. And I guess this is kind of a two part question. Are either of you surprised that Derrick Henry does not have an extension at this point and are you confident that he's going to get one? Uh, I will start with you, Mike. I am not surprised that a deal has not been announced yet. With these things, typically deadlines make deals. Um, you know, it, it, there's not a whole lot of incentive for them to do it even a day early because, I mean, frankly, as crazy as this might sound, that Derrick Henry posted a video or A to Z Sports posted a video of Derrick Henry working out, uh, you know, with one of these crazy workouts. Uh, today what if he you know god forbid gets hurt doing one of these workouts tomorrow um and you know you already signed the contract and now you can't get out of it whereas if you'd waited a day uh you don't get that injury so it's just one more day of you know potential injury risk uh if you uh sign it early so i think if we're gonna see a deal we're gonna see it on the 15th on the deadline how confident are you mike are you confident Um, in the deal I, I, this I will, this will determine my answer. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> embrace, are you embracing debate? Um, 
I, I am pretty confident that a deal does happen, yes. Okay, good. I didn't want to be the only one that was pretty confident. I'm still very okay. confident, but I'm also confident that the trade or the deadline to sign your tagged players is going to get pushed back a little bit. I don't think that the NFL and NFL owners are going to let the deadline sit as it is with everything in flux. I think they're going to push it back a couple, maybe a week, maybe two weeks, which will also prolong all of our suffering. But if they don't, I am still confident that Derrick Henry, I, I am confident that John Robinson has presented Derrick Henry with an excellent deal for both sides. We've seen him do it. We know that that's what he does. If anything, he overpays some players. I mean, like Michael, Malcolm Butler, for example, probably overpaid, depending on how you look at it. But if anything, we know that he doesn't undercut the, his guys, right? He doesn't undercut those guys. So I think there is a really good deal on the table now. Whether an agent of a running back is actually going to be smart and tell their their running back client that they are indeed a running back and they should probably go ahead and take the deal, there's a good chance that their the agent can, could f this up or Derrick Henry could f this up. I am confident that the Titans have a really good deal on the table for Derrick Henry. I'm not as confident in running backs making smart contract decisions. However, I'm hoping that Derrick. Henry is the exception to the rule, and I really do think that on uh, the day before my birthday, he will be signed. I love how Zach's just drive buying an entire position group as uh, contract idiots. Well, I mean, they've proven themselves to be idiots. I haven't seen a smart one yet, so. I do kind of want to introduce a new segment called are running backs idiots when it comes to negotiating contracts and see what we dig up. I'm, I'm, I tend to kind of side with Zach there that I think maybe he is, but Mike is right. Just completely, just 18 wheeler sideswiped the shit out of that whole group. <laughs> you know, Zach, that really, whole position I, group like it was uh, Errol Thomas. Yeah, just <laughs> Zach, I was so hoping that you were going to find a way to squirm your way out of your position because I really wanted to come hot with the uh, you talked a lot of trash on the last podcast about it happening for your birthday, but you just had to sneak it in right at the end of your damn comment. You completely derailed what I was going to do. Oh, I'm, oh, well, you know, I, I always got to be on the offensive, you know. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for setting me up and knocking me down there. <laughs> <laughs> so you think they're going to, you, you, you feel that the NFL is going to give some, why do you feel that the NFL is going to extend out? I don't know. The, I just, um, I started thinking about it last week. There's a lot of tagged players, including Dak. And they say today that Dallas has no plans to uh, talk to Dak in between now and Wednesday, which I think is really weird. Um, I don't know. I just kind of feel that it's going to get pushed back. It's just that weird feeling. Because what's the last thing they did push back? Didn't they just push back something? Was it a um, training camp or not training camp, training uh, camp. preseason? Yeah, they, preseason, they knocked training out preseason. camp. And I, I just think that with Hall of Fame game. COVID and contract talks being as um, weird as it has been, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past NFL to maybe extend it at least another week. Fair enough. I wanted to go back to a point I forgot to raise um, with Patrick Mahomes' contract um, before we shifted off of that. Is his contract indicative of how you could see 
agents trying to work different or not even just agents, agents and front offices trying to work very complicated deals into, for instance, quarterbacks to trying to keep them on as a franchise. I mean, cause think about it. When's the last time you saw an NFL, has there ever been an NFL player that signed a decade deal? I mean, that, that's yeah, pretty. Big, Drew big Bledsoe did in 2001. Uh, Don McNabb did in 2005. And then shortly, like a year before he went to jail or two before he went to jail, Michael Vick did too. So those are the last okay. three that I know that did. Um, and then Brett Favre signed a kind of a bullshit lifetime contract with the Packers at some point that didn't obviously pan out. But <laughs> um, but anyway, the I, I think it's a, a very rare occurrence, and I think that Patrick Mahomes is a very rare talent. I know that people want to say that uh, Lamar Jackson's really awesome and all that kind of stuff, but as a nobody brings value to a team like Patrick Mahomes does right now as far as just pure on-field talent as a passer. And yeah. I don't – I don't – I, you know, Dak Prescott's not going to get this kind of deal or length of a deal, and neither will Lamar Jackson, neither will um, – I don't know, who's next, Kyler Murray and all that. I, I don't foresee right now any of them getting that deal. Uh, Kyler Murray's only got one year in, but, you know, Patrick Mahomes is – an, on another level. I mean, he's probably the fastest rising quarterback to elite status I've ever seen. I mean, he's elite. No doubt about it. Hall of Famer already, in my opinion. Already. Wow. Hall, of wow. Famer, Hall of Famer already. I mean, I, I mean, he's already broken records and I mean, he's throwing like crazy. I mean, he would have to, I, I mean, even if knock on wood, I hope he does because I like watching him play. But if he suffered some career-ending injury next year, he I think that you kind of, you know, have to still put him up as one of the greatest quarterbacks you've ever seen play. I mean, he certainly is right now and to already have ripped off a Super Bowl on his – is this technically his third year in the league or – Third year as I, a I guess, starter? Uh Second year as a starter, wasn't that it? Was, that was his oh, yeah. third year. Yeah, that was his third year in the league. Third – Third year in the league, so who? What front office had a worse day on five hundred three million dollar day? The Bears or the Jaguars? Because either one of those front offices has got to be looking at the fact that that man ran across your board. The Jag signed Leonard Fournette, which one day I will record an hour long podcast on my problems with that man, and then the Bears trading up and over for Trubisky. Well, let me ask you guys this. Would Patrick Mahomes be Patrick Mahomes if he didn't land in Kansas City with Andy Reid and be able to sit behind Alex Smith? Because if he would have went to the Jags and started, he would be not – he would have been probably cut already because (laughs) they are horrible people down in Jacksonville. And then – Horrible people. They're horrible people. And then the Bears – terrible people. I mean, Trubisky, everybody wants to create this revisionist history that Trubisky was never the hot prospect quarterback, and everybody was on Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Well, let me call bullshit for a second. Everything I read and everything that every analyst wrote was about Trubisky being number one quarterback, and he was going to go in the top top three. He's going to be the first quarterback off the board. 
So spare me your revisionist history to try to make yourself sound smart because it's not going to fly. Trubisky was the number one quarterback pick, the consensus number one quarterback pick, and it almost wasn't even close at the time. And I know here that even – I mean, it, he was that highly regarded at the time, and he goes to the Bears and he loses pretty much any kind of talent that he ever had. I mean, the same thing could have happened to Patrick Mahomes if he would have went to the Bears because you don't know what Matt – you want to think that Matt Nagy is a good offensive genius head coach, but he's kind of shitty. I've, I've had a lot of Bears fantasy players, so I've had to sit through a lot of Bears games. And he's kind of a predictable play caller and kind of shitty at it. So he could have totally ruined um, Patrick Mahomes just as well. So revisionist history – I don't know if Patrick Mahomes would have been the Patrick Mahomes that we see if he went to those other two teams. But they do have to be kicking themselves when the what if. I think I think that's a fair point for sure. Although I, I mean, he certainly would have given those teams a chance, whereas Leonard Fournette is just a total well, yeah. disaster. Um, I mean, let's let's go through a real quick list, and I think it's very easy to answer. Did Patrick Mahomes show up for all of the team photos and did Leonard Fournette? I, I think it's a real simple comparison to make there. No, Zach, I agree with you in all seriousness. Revisionist history drives me nuts, especially when fans and a lot of columnist writers tried to do it to pull the whole, I told you so, I told you so, because it's it, it, hindsight is always twenty twenty. It's very easy to come off a Super Bowl season. This guy's three years in and he's playing out of his mind. Real easy to look back and say, wow, you trade it up for Trubisky over this man. Well, it's also revisionist history in that they're revising what they all said was going to happen. I mean, like, they all right. knew that this Trubisky was going to go number one. But then they're, now they're trying to say, well, you know, I was always on Patrick Mahomes. I knew that he was going to be something. No, you didn't. No, but you I, didn't. But, but you got to think. That, go ahead, Mike. Uh, as the only guy that I think can – actually claim I was on Mahomes the whole time that I have heard is uh, Rod Babers, who I, I listen to because he does like a Texas podcast. Uh, but he was on Mahomes when he was at Texas Tech, and he was like, this kid's going to be the number one pick in the draft. And that was – I thought he was insane when he said that uh, the first time. But he was like, this kid's just special. Um, and so I, I got to give uh, props to Rod. He was he was on him literally from the beginning. But I agree, Zach. There's a lot of people that say they were now that were not. And it was not like it was, he was an easy evaluation. He threw a ton of interceptions. He was really sloppy. Um, There's a lot of stuff that he did that you know guys like Jordan Love do. Um, you know, Love was not quite. You know, Love was a little bit more extreme than Mahomes, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not like he was this slam dunk Andrew Luck kind of guy. Did you say his name was Rod Diapers? Babers. Oh, Babers. Totally B A B E R S. We're gonna have to get Zach a better lodge tick headset next time. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, but let's let. I think we can agree that someone in the Bears front office at least threw a trash can, right? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. right. Someone threw something at a window. Someone hung up mid conversation on their wife. Something, <laughs> right? I mean, someone read that contract and said, "I want to beat the shit out of something." <laughs> I mean, if you're a Bears for an office person, you're not on Twitter, right? 
you oh, can't, can't be. I mean, you, yeah, you at this point, you, you couldn't be. You can't be because I guarantee that, that several people in the Bears front office got text messages from buddies that were like, you up, bruh, or just something. <laughs> just just that that guy was texted his buddy that day for sure. That Not a good day for the Bears. <laughs> um, so it never seems to be a good day for the Tennessee Titans, especially when it comes to Twitter and national air quotes, quote, unquote, quote, quote, pundits want to throw out their opinion about the Titans and the Titans either sucking or they're mediocre or their fan base. And it never stops. And it always seems to go back to one gentleman in particular who seems to week after week wake up and scream into the void when it comes about, when something comes up about the Titans, and that's Jeff Schwartz. Jeff Schwartz got into it with Titans fans yesterday and th- you know throughout the weekend. And it started, correct me, Zach, it, it started over, was it Mississippi State tweeting out a video? Yeah, I guess it must have been uh, Mississippi State. It, it was some account that I don't follow, but it was like True Maroon Sports or something like that. So I assume it was a Mississippi okay. State. So a Mississippi State fan account. Yeah. And they tweeted out this play that would – if you're and I agree in this sense, that is not the play that you should showcase Jeffrey Simmons being a monster for next year. It should have been the one where he's bowling bowling over either Marshall Yenda and uh, or Quentin Nelson, right? So this play, Daquan Jones makes the play, according to Jeff Schwartz, though, in his snarkiness, and he was very quick to be snarky for whatever reason, uh, to build the brand, I guess. Uh, said that this player, uh, this is a nice play and all, but the player who made the play isn't on the team anymore. Referring to Jarrell Casey, who didn't do anything on the play other than do his one assignment and get caught up in it. It was Daquan Jones who made the play, who is still on the team. Um, This started this whole big thing, and Jeff does this thing where he is now locked in that he knows that he's going to get a lot of Twitter impressions, a lot of likes, dislikes a lot of interaction for his uh, purposes, for his brand, if he mentions the Titans. He does the same thing with the Bills. Anytime he can shit on the Bills, he's going to do it because he knows there's going to be hundreds of thousands of Bills Mafia fans in his mentions, clicking his tweets and all this stuff, which just projects impressions and downloads for podcasts are big things when you're trying to get sponsorship. So please like all of our tweets. But and subscribe, please. Yeah, but that is exactly what he is doing. He's he's playing this fan base like a fiddle. We all get in on it. But you can't let stuff like this slide where these now you have Aaron the Aaron Nagglers of the world and TJ Lang who's trying to be a poor man's Mitchell's brother. Um <laughs> I mean give me a, a freaking break with these guys just trying to pile on and act like we're the Jaguars and Bears. That's my big deal is that everybody's like, oh, well, you know, I remember when the Jaguars did this, and I remember when the Bears, you know, fans talked about this. Dude, that was like four seasons ago. We have like four winning seasons. And then, like, it's not the same kind of team. We're a better coach team. We have better locker room, better rosters, and both those both those teams top to bottom. Like – 
get a fucking grip on what you guys are talking about out there. I mean, it's you you really just come off stupid. And I maybe that's their whole shtick. Maybe, you know, whatever. I don't know. But I will say this. I put out a really good tweet last night, and it did not get any traction. And it was Katie Lang. Story of my life. Katie Lang, uh, greater than, greater than, greater than sign, Jeff or TJ Lang. No love for that tweet. And maybe nobody oh, knows who Katie Lang is. I don't know. Maybe I just really dated myself. Um, Actually, I say I like it. I'm pretty sure I did not click like on it. No, no, no I don't think anybody did. I didn't read it. It was a really either. good tweet. I don't, I don't know who Katie Lang is. So. <sighs> what? <laughs> I do I just, do I, can I just mute him? I mean, I was, was going to go to him next. And it's even KD Lang, like TJ Lang. So it's a K to D. So it, like, it really worked on multiple levels. I just, you know, sometimes genius goes overlooked. So I'm going to go back to Jeff Schwartz in a second because Mike obviously jumped into the conversation and got a couple of responses, it looks like, from Aaron Nagler. Aaron Nagler had posted, happened with the Jaguars fans a few years ago and then the Bears fans last offseason basically talking about that fan bases get too overly excited off one good season. Fans of bad teams that suddenly have a small taste of success spend the offseason flexing their Twitter muscles until the games start and they're caught, uh, they're taught how hard sustaining success is. Mike, your response to that and your contribution to this argument with idiotic abundance. Yeah, so it's infinitely annoying to me the way that uh, people talk about the Titans as if there's some, like, crap team that went from 4-12 and uh, to all of a sudden in the AFC Championship game last year. It, it is a team that has shown steady progression, four straight winning seasons. I think they're one of, like, six or seven NFL teams that have won, have had winning seasons for four straight years. There's only like four players on the Titans whole roster right now that have experienced a losing season as a member of the Titans. So give me a break with this. Oh, one good season deal. They've been consistently contenders for four years now. And this will be the fifth year because they will be contenders again this year. Um, but they also the the overlooking of the fact that they went nine and seven for four straight years is is one problem. But the other problem with lumping them in with the Bears and Jaguars is that those two teams both won in very similar ways. They had a dominant defense that created a ton of turnovers and scored unsustainable amounts of defensive touchdowns. That has over the history of the NFL proven to be unsustainable and non a non-stable statistic you don't see a team lead the nfl every single year in defensive touchdowns that just doesn't happen it, it goes up and down it's because it's a fluky kind of play usually you know the pick sixes the fumble return for touchdowns those are generally flukish type plays so they built those runs off of that. The Titans run was built entirely off of an offense that by the end of the year was playing at a level that put them in the top five among all offenses in offensive efficiency by almost any statistic that you want to pull out, whether it be advanced stats, whether it be regular counting stats, anything. The Titans were a ridiculously efficient offense and offenses are more sticky when it comes to performance year over year. So, Yes, there is reason to be excited about this team because it is for once built on a strong and efficient offense with 10 of 11 starters coming back uh, in the one position that they did not return a starter at. They spent a first round draft pick at. So spare me the 
comparisons to the Bears and Jaguars uh, when none of it applies. Nothing about that tweet makes any sense besides the fact that a team made the conference championship game and the Bears didn't even really do that. So, well, I, you know, I don't know where they're coming from with this. You know, that's it's just it's a excuse to take a shit on a franchise that has been perceived as poor for a long time. And it's a cheap shot. And that's all it is. It's a cheap shot for cheap Twitter clout. That's all. That's all this stuff is. Well, and then um, someone even tried to compare us to the Browns of this whole argument. Um, trying to say was the first one to do that. Yeah. Was he, was he the other one to do that too? I mean, what a fucking idiot. Early in the comments over the weekend, he had compared Titans fans to the Browns, which really drives me nuts because bears fans got hyped up over a seven win season, but it wasn't just the fans. I'll actually even defend bears or bears Browns fans on this aspect. The national media was all oh, yeah. up in the bear, and I said it too on this podcast. That AFC North locks. I mean, I'm just as the bad here as 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 aiding that as anybody else. But the national media was all over it. All you heard about in the off season was their their addition of Odell Beckham. They're a lock for the AFC. So spare me the bullshit about. The, you know, Browns fans, you can miss me with all that stuff about talking trash before the season. The Browns fans were aided by the media. The media is not doing this to the Titans, and the Titans fans have a reason to be excited. Well, and then there's also the the whole fact that Adam Rank then chimed in, right? So Adam Rank, who notoriously had us go 3-13 and last year, Adam Rank chimes in and goes, it seems that they forget that they went 2-4 and to start the season. Uh, nobody in this Titans fan base has forgotten how we started last season. Let's be honest here. We all know about two and four, whether you're pro Mariota or anti Mariota, doesn't matter. You, you all know that two and four happened, right? Both of those intersections of fans know that two and four happened. And then we went seven and three down the stretch. doesn't matter how you start. It's always how you finish. And we finished in the AFC championship game. Yes, plays uh, broke down here and there, and game plan was a little bit of an issue, but we weren't a fluke. We dominated the Ravens. We beat the Patriots, and I don't care if you think that Tom Brady's agent or he's not, that still was a damn good Patriots defense and a damn good coaching staff. I mean, you can downplay the Patriots win all you want or the Patriots loss, I guess, because you're downplaying them. But it's still Bill Belichick. It's still Tom Brady. It's still the Patriots defense. I mean, it's still New England in yeah. January. Yeah. yeah. So spare me that these are fluke wins and look at what Mike Vrabel is doing. Look at what this coaching staff has done. Look at the roster top to bottom. Look at the – I don't want to say nerds, but look at the draft nerds over at Draft Network have been talking about Harold Landry and Rashawn Evans and all this stuff this last week. And Jayon Brown is awesome. I mean, you look at Jeffrey Simmons, who is really good. And I get TJ Lang saying, well, this is the one that you choose. But then he goes on to say, well, you know, I understand there's better plays. I'm sure he's an average player or something like that. Jeffrey Simmons is not going to be average. And if you watch film or even played football, and I feel like TJ Lang has played football for a long time, should know that Jeffrey Simmons is on the verge of something special. And 
I, we're returning to everybody. Like you said, this is not this is not a bad team. That's what Aaron Nagler said was that this was a bad team and bad teams overhype or whatever. We're not overhyping. Nobody's really saying that we're going to win the Super Bowl. I mean, I think that we have a good shot to. It's just as good as anybody else. But we're just mad at people for just getting shit wrong. I mean, Jeff Schwartz just got it wrong. I mean, he said that Jarrell Casey made that play, and he didn't. He's wrong. You know, it's just comparing us to the Browns, the Bears, and the Jags, it's like you didn't – and I get it. We're Nashville. We're the Tennessee Titans. You probably didn't watch every game. But it's like you – only watched one game and that was the Kansas City game and that's probably because your brother played in that game and that's the only thing you ever want to talk about is your brother his weird obsession with Mitch is is so weird I think I think it is an odd obsession I mean every little stupid little top 10 offensive lineman list that his brother is not in oh my god we have to hear about it for five days I mean, give me a break. About, it's okay, so Mitchell didn't get 2016 All-Pro because Jack Conklin got it. Sorry that your brother had more help than Jack Conklin, even though you don't want to admit that. But according to PFF, he did back in 2016. But anyway, weird obsession, weird guy. Yes, I follow him because he does have insightful stuff here and there when it comes to breaking down film. That's it. He's he's just sick to breaking down film. Well, it draws me. I'm going to come back to defending a fan base in just a second because my next point will lead into that. But it it does drive me nuts to hear Adam Rink say, well, you know, people, this fan base likes to forget that they started two and four. Jeff Schwartz's whole point was that you were nine and seven and you made it into the play. Basically, you limped into the playoffs, right, at nine and seven. That's the implication there. I'm sorry, but you can't have it both ways. You You can't play the game of, well, the, the team started off crappy, so therefore that that's indicative of their entire season. Or oh, you finished nine and seven, and you happen to make it to the AFC Championship game. It you can't have it both ways. You can't sit there and try to find a way to demean a team's performance on either end of the spectrum to defend your arguments. I, I say that to say this: just like one person making a comment is not on behalf of the entire fan base. And it does drive me nuts that that's the stuff that Jeff loves to pick up on, or these are the comments I get. And this is indicative of the entire fan base. Now, of course, unfortunately, some of the comments that Jeff got yesterday were directed at his wife, which is completely unacceptable. I, I don't. I, you should never go after somebody. Yeah, you know, I mean, let's let's be better. Children, and I, th- that's unacceptable. But I really do feel like, and I want to ask Mike this: Do do you feel like it's just blue check marks defending blue check marks to team up on a fan base because that's what you do on Twitter? You're verified. My you know verified buddy here is making a comment. It's got the fan base all riled up. I know I'm going to get some clicks out of it. I'm going to defend my blue check mark. I think I think that's part of it. I do, and and I think part of it is you know you the smart football quote unquote uh, people on. Twitter and on social media tend to be very clickish. You know, you're, you're, if you're a part of the smart football group, you have to believe what the other smart football group people believe. Right. And so if one of them attacks the Titans fan base, then all the other ones are going to line up to attack them as well. And I, I think that's part of what's going on here, but it's, it's ridiculous. And, and Mitch's brother 
needs to calm down with the uh, the hatefulness towards the Titans because I mean. I know that Mitch lost the All-Pro, and that's that's sad, but it's five years later at this point. Let it go, buddy. Let it go. Is it's it, going to be okay. I promise. Do you think it stems back to the the, the All-Pro? Is that, do you oh, think I, that's where it comes from? I really, it has to. I really think it does, yeah. Because I, I think Titans fans got in his mentions when he started whining about it, and he got in arguments with them. And I think ever since then he's had it out for the Titans. I just and and again I don't pretend to try to defend an entire fan base, but it really does drive me nuts when you see pundits, especially blue check marks on Twitter, that want to start going after the this is the typical comment I get from fans or, you know, every fan base every fan base thinks they're going to the Super Bowl every single year. Every single fan base thinks they're going I mean, to the Jaguars the Super do. Bowl. We know that. That's what I mean. It happens to every single fan base, but I have to go back to the same old tired statement of fan is short for fanatic. If you're not fanatical about the team, you're probably not getting on Twitter and arguing with Mitch's brother. I mean, it's just, it's not happening. So just, you can go on and miss me with this crap about this team wants to act like they're going to go win the Super Bowl when they finish the season nine and seven. That team that finished nine and seven went on a seven game run down the stretch, went to the AFC championship. And I'm sorry, Jeff, you apparently didn't watch the game. They did not get blown out by the Chiefs. You know who got blown out by the Chiefs? The Texans after being up, what, three touchdowns? Come off that crap. It, you, you have a hard-on for getting after Titans fans, and then when Titans fans come back at you with the action you expect, you start playing the woe-is-me defensive. It, it, we get what you're doing. We get it. It's predictable. That's it. And all the blue check marks want to come out and defend each other. And, and let me say this. Let's just, as a fan base, let's just ignore uh, Mitch's brother from now on. I, I mean, I, I almost I want to say all, that I think that's the best way to go. We all know yeah. where this is coming from for him. And, you know, he's going to, he's never going to give the Titans any credit and that's fine. Um, you know, hopefully the Titans uh, can beat his uh, brothers, his beloved brothers team uh, this year. And maybe, you know, Oh my can, God, uh, if they do, pull some Oh my God, he'll cry him, about so. it for, for, but until then just leave, leave Mitch's yeah. brother uh, alone. And um, I know, I know there are those on Twitter and that are tuned in right now that were, were wanting to and asking for an Adam Gase-style rant from me on Jeff. And, and here's why I'm going to disappoint you. I disagree with Jeff. I think his opinions, especially towards the Titans, are pretty idiotic. But he's not on the Adam Gase level. Adam Gase is a psychotic human being. Jeff just gets up in the morning and is very upset about the Titans for some reason, actually, and I forget who it is. I would love to give him credit, but a Titans fan on Twitter said, does Jeff have a room full of Titans, like paraphernalia that he just goes into and screams every day and then logs onto Twitter? Actually kind of made me laugh, but he's, Adam Gase is psychotic. So he's not there. If Jeff really starts to go down the Adam Case rabbit hole, then I, you'll get a rant from me. But right now, meet him there. the guy's just an idiot. <laughs> Um, all right, boys, I want to move on to kind of the big topic that's floating out there that a lot of people really don't want to discuss. And I, I, I kind of get it is fans at NFL games this year. Um, I will kind of throw the open question out there and I'll start with Zach just yes or no. 
do you think there are going to be fans at NFL games this year? I do, and I don't mind being one of them. And like what I stated earlier uh, on Twitter uh, a couple days ago was basically I'll sign whatever. Like, I understand that everybody has different feelings on how they feel about being able to handle COVID and, and whatever. Me going to a game is not me ignoring that there is stuff going on in the world with COVID. I just know that I can handle it. And if I have to wear a mask, I wear a mask to go to the game, right? I want to go to the game. Uh, it's a personal thing. I'm not, you know, asking my entire family, including my 80 year old grandma to come who I haven't seen since March. Uh, I haven't seen my parents since March. So, and they're literally 30 minutes away in Thompson station. It's, you know, I'm an adult, right? Like, if I know that the choices that I make can affect other people. So when I go, I put myself in public situations, that means I can't go see them, right? I, I go to the grocery store. My mom does not go to the grocery store. So my dad doesn't even interact with my grandma and they literally live 50 feet apart. Dad has to drop off groceries for her grandma in her garage. So grandma can then uh, disinfect it, right? So. My mom hasn't even gone out. She, had, she basically drives my grandma around. Dad does everything. He goes to work, and he does all the errands for the house. Those are adult choices. And me going to a game is, a, is an adult choice. I know that if I go to a game, I put my, I'm putting myself at risk, even though it's in the Titan Stadium, it's outside. They're taking necessary precautions that I feel comfortable with. If you don't feel comfortable going, you don't have to go, but you shouldn't. My big thing is through this whole thing, you shouldn't make someone else feel like shit because of how they want to handle it. And what I'm doing with wanting to go to the game is not affecting anybody in my life. It really isn't. I, it's, you know, it's just not doing that. I've, and I think that people need to realize there are two extremes. There was the people that, have to make everybody everybody has to wear a mask or then there's those that the constitution my constitutional rights i don't wear a mask. my thing is if someone asks me to wear a mask i'm gonna put on a mask like it's just common courtesy that's to make someone else feel safe then they feel safe if you feel safe without a mask on hey more power to you but I know probably as a father that Mike probably wants people to have a mask before they come see the baby. I have not seen Mike's baby in person and it's because I know that I could be out somewhere and I could bring it into an infant. Right. So like, you know, I'm considerate. I'm not going to say, well, you know, it's my constitutional right to come see that baby that you smuggled in from new Orleans and I'm going to come and I'm coming without the mask. I'm not going to smuggle a mask on and I'm going to come see that baby. No, that's just not how life works. I, I just don't understand why people just can't be considerate of each other's stuff. You know, just be considerate. Mike, NFL games this season. Are they going to have <laughs> yeah, did I answer the question? Uh, yeah. I, I'm not even sure if you did. <laughs> I think, I think you got there at some point. Uh, I, I think there will be fans. I don't think there will be full stadiums. Um, I think that's where we're headed. I think we're headed towards limited capacity fans there. Um, and I think ultimately that's 
that would be a good result, right? Like if, if we're at the point where that is something that's possible and, and comfortable for the league to, to do, I think that's ideal. Um, you know, obviously it'd be great if we somehow got herd immunity or maybe if, you know, if everybody wore a mask for, you know, two or three weeks or whatever everyone says uh, would get rid of this thing altogether and it all went away, then it would be awesome to be able to have full houses and, and actually have life as normal back, which I desperately want at this point. Um, but I, I don't think that's possible in the next six weeks um, or seven weeks, whatever it is till uh, week one is, which is incredibly soon, um, which is hard to think about at the moment, given everything that's going on. But football season's almost here, and I just don't see it. I don't see them packing 67,000 into Nissan Stadium now, uh, this fall. And let me say this. As an avid wrestling fan, uh, the other nation's pastime, um, you're going to need – fans in the stands for an NFL game. If not, you need to, for the broadcast, pump in fake noise or something. You're, you're going to want it. You're going to want that noise, the ambiance of being at a game, if you're watching it on TV, to hear it. And I think you need to take a page out of XFL and have little interviews or whatever by people that have been tested negative to interview players as they come off the field. I think there's a good chance there's a good opportunity for the NFL to maybe improve their broadcasting game and upping it and getting a little bit more creative than just what they've normally done. Um, football is going to happen. 100% confident in it. And I also think that, um, I don't know. I, I think it will be the 25% of fans and I think it will be staggered entry times. There will be the, the, spacing of seats which actually makes me want to go to a game even more knowing that I don't have to be crammed in there with some sweaty person I don't even know and then I'm trying to figure out who on my tickets see okay so I got Andy coming with me I really don't want to sit on the end and towards the inside and I don't want to sit next to this person and maybe who's going to be over here spacing out the spacers beautiful let's do it for every game Every so, game, spacers. I'm glad you brought up that point because this leads me to our next point. And, and for the record, I I think there will be a reduced capacity of fans for sure. The NFL's already made it readily apparent, and most teams at this point have announced some sort of reduced fan or, or reduction of season tickets, not a whole gamut. But do you think the NFL and individual stadiums are going to be able to enforce the spacing in the stadiums? Uh, just to uh, think about this for a second. Oh. <laughs> let's go let's go off the assumption that the Titans space out fans with two seats around them empty in all directions. How quickly does someone get up and move to one of those empty seats in between somebody and is security or ushers gonna come try to remove that person? And how long before someone gets indignant over the whole thing? This is where I see the problem. Not necessarily how you figure out the logistics of getting fans in the stadium at what times and where they sit. It's keeping idiots away from each other. How often does the media show fans in the stands that don't have masks? How many times do they show someone coming down and tell them they got to put on a mask? This is where I see the shit show. I, I agree with that. Now, let me say this. If I'm at the stadium and someone tries to come sit next to me, we're going to have a real problem. Personal zone, I can stand up. 
because there's nobody behind me and there's nobody in front of me so I can sit down if I don't really feel like standing up. It's really the perfect solution for someone like me who hates people. Like this I, whole thing yeah. is perfect I, for me. I listen, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest and open up on this podcast right now. This is relationship time. No, but one of the reasons why I don't attend a lot of games is because I'm a big guy and I don't like being crammed into seats around a lot of other people. Even when I wasn't a big guy, I didn't want to be crammed around other people. I especially don't like it now, but I, I agree with you. It's a dream come true to oh me. My to God. Think that it I would sounds, go to my seat and there'd be, It'd be two empty seats all the way around me, but dude, someone's going to get loaded and start moving seats. Mike, why are you that person? Well, I'm a hugger. (laughs) um, No, but seriously, like when just wait till the first touchdown gets scored in like, like people aren't going to go hug each other and like give fives and react. Like, I mean, come on. As soon as the first touchdown gets scored or, you know, even if they can show restraint through a touchdown, it'll be, as soon as like a game winner gets scored and people are piled, piled on top of each other in the stands, like it's going to happen. Come on. Like, do we really believe that drunk people are going to show self-restraint uh, at a football game? I, I so don't buy it. That's kind I keep of, my pants on at every football game. So I feel like well, people can stay in their seats. I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, congrats. I don't <laughs> I mean, am I supposed to be proud that you remain clothed at all the games? So this is this Just is frightening to find out, Zach. Because <laughs> there's you seem to be you seem to be telling us that there's a propensity that at any point I might rip off clothing, but public shame is the only thing that's not that's keeping me from doing it. Well, it's also does body your, image does your, issues. Does your significant other know this? That you're like a liability? That you could be at a restaurant? You're like, I just got my steak, and these pants are coming off. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's always a possibility when it involves steak. <laughs> that's Listen, why she's marrying him. Uh, that's a great point. And actually, <laughs> yeah. if there are seafood towers involved, oh, pants are off. Might be coming before next, they even right? come, pants are off. Before the tower is delivered, pants off. <laughs> before the tower is delivered, excuse me, sir, I'm going to have to ask you to put your pants back on while you eat that lobster. I've got and I'm going to say pants. it's against so, um, my constitutional right to have to put on pants. <laughs> I refuse to eat that lobster. So how, okay, we've covered the basis of the logistics. Do you foresee the NFL getting like two games into it? And they're like, these drunken assholes will not stop tackling each other and hugging each other in the stands when the team score. That's it. No fans in the stands. Yes and no. I think they will try to downplay it. I think they'll try to downplay yeah. it as much as possible first because it's the NFL. They love downplay stuff. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. It, it's it's weird. I know there are those that are um, – oh, is it Charles McDonald? Is that his name on Twitter? I don't know. There's a guy on Twitter that covers Atlanta Falcons, oh, yeah. and he is all about we are not having sports. We're, we're having sports buzz. It's going to happen. I, I I know that America has handled this poorly in some retrospects consider, compared to other countries. But sports are going to happen. There's too much money on the line for them to not happen. And there's too many ways around it for it not to happen. And that may be an unpopular opinion, but it is the business side of things. That's... When I, when I speak about this happening, it's about not my personal views on it, but it's just a stark reality 
that the business side of things is just different. It's like when Jarrell Casey got traded, right? It's a business side of things. It's right. You know, everything is business. Everything is revolves around money. That's why that at least they're doing conference only games in some of these conferences because there's, they can't afford as a college to probably go one year without playing football. And like, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. And I think hockey so far is off to a, a very good start. Knock on wood. Everybody uh, went to practice today for the Predators, and I think that hockey is going to be a real litmus test for how we proceed as, as a sports society. I – yeah, I, I agree with you that it's going to happen. And again, like you said, we're, we're, we're approaching this simply from A, the business standpoint, and B, a lighthearted approach of the fan standpoint. I, I, I'm certainly not trying to sit here and advocate how you you know personally feel about the morality of people being near each other. We, that, that's another whole rabbit hole you could go down. I will say, though, the, I'm, I agree with you. The NFL is going to have a product on the field come hell or high water. Because not only fans in the stands set that aside for a second – the amount of money being left on the table if you don't televise that sport is a whole nother thing. And I really think it speaks to this because right now, and I won't necessarily go down this rabbit hole, but the NCAA is completely useless now. If you needed any kind of indicator that it's not, there's no governing body that oversees college football as of right now. And I say that because conferences are having to scramble and figure out what the hell they're going to do. There's a possibility, real possibility, that college football could be shortened and the NFL is going to be left with the only viable week-to-week football product being put on TV. you got to know that NFL execs and owners know this, and hell or high water, they're going to put that product on TV. Well, they do know because they're already entertaining the idea of putting games on right. Saturday. Right. I mean, NFL, NFL's coming. I mean, it's, it's coming. Whether you agree with that or not, that's your personal thing, right? Black and white, business is business. NFL's coming. NFL's coming, baby. Yeah, there's too much money at stake for them to pass on an entire season. It's. I've said that all along. There's no way that this season doesn't happen in some some capacity. Is there? Is MetLife Stadium going to have more fans or cats in attendance? Well, I don't know. I saw V Love. Uh, he posted that we have cats now in our stadium, Nissan Stadium. Do we? That's what that. he posted. A cat a and stick- it, was a, it was an adult cat, maybe a mama cat, and then a little baby cat. I, how many Walking cats are in the Walking into a Logan's Roadhouse, <laughs> by the way. The Logan's Roadhouse. I, I'm, I'm telling you. All, going all to get I, a drumstick. All I want, and I'm going to say it every podcast until it happens, I want my pound of flesh out of the Logan's Roadhouse dollhouse. Uh, and I, all I want is before they chuck that thing in the Cumberland River, pollute or be damned, that's where I want it, is that I get a section of it because I'm going to frame it and it's going to go right above my desk titled, you piece of shit, colon, this is what you did to me as a fan. I mean, even, can we that's talk right. about these dollhouses, dollhouses real quick? Much. <laughs> I mean, you know, just thinking back on it, I've been watching Friends uh, on HBO Max and I'm looking at their style and all this stuff, and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, you know, the dollhouses do not match any era of style, right? Like, there is no reason that they should have ever been existing. Who was the person that said, yeah, those dollhouses are going to look really good on each end of the end zone for a football game? 
That's it. You, we need those you don't know why houses. they're there? Seriously? You, you don't know the story behind why they're there? No, I don't think I do. LP I didn't know there was building products. Yeah, well, it yeah, was I know only that. There, yeah, it was there to placate that damn stadium sponsor, LP Building Products. It was, it, I, trust me, I know, it's ridiculous. It's Adelphia. What were they going to do? Install ATMs everywhere? Make the stadium look like a big ATM? They should have made it look like a big jail cell because that's where everybody from Adelphia Corporate ended up. But in all seriousness, they built those dollhouses as an advertisement for LP building products. And it hasn't been LP field for how long now? Well, and then who's going to buy a house that looks like a dollhouse? That's what I mean. Like, are you standing in line at Logan's getting a subpar turkey leg and you're thinking, I've got to use LP building products. You know what they should have done is let it where you could put seats in the houses you should have actually made them like actual kid adults, adult sized kid yes. houses where you could go sit in them and actually sell the seats. But then you could have a little TV in there and maybe a little fan, a little air conditioning, but, and take pictures in it. Like, it's, I mean, that's a selfie of it. But let's burn yeah, it. Yeah, right, hold on. I, let's burn those dollhouses. houses. Just forget everything I just said. Let's burn them down. I don't want them to be utilized at all with my genius idea of selfie-driven dollhouses. That's a good point. Cut this entire segment out of the podcast. Don't give them ideas because they'll keep them. They'll find a way to keep them for another year and continue to ruin my life. That's Surf Melendez. Surf Melendez will burn those motherfuckers down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've uh, offered our services as a podcast to do the demo work personally. Uh, multiple times to the Titans, and uh, you know uh, the offer is pending. Well, I've uh, still watched on- a lot of HGTV remodeling shows during the uh, COVID virus uh, quarantine epidemic thing, and uh, I'm definitely ready to demolish some stuff. I know how to tear down property and build it from the ground up. I'm ready. So the Washington racist blurbs are are finally going to change their name. Made it official this morning that they are dropping. The Redskins moniker, the the uh, the mascot and the logo behind it. Frankly, a long time coming. I really, you can miss me with this argument of cancel culture gone wild. You cannot call yourself the Redskins. It's unacceptable. But yeah. past that, I've got to bring up kind of a humorous side of this. Will Brinson of CBS tweeted out this wonderful list right before we started recording that said, and I quote, why don't the Redskins have a new name planned yet? Probably because some realtor in Alexandria, Virginia, beat them to the punch and trademarked every single possible new Redskins nickname. Well played, sir. And let me read through some of them. The Red Wolves, the Tribe, the Red Tails, the Monuments, the Veterans, the Renegade, Gridiron Football, the Braves Professional Football Team. It's funny to me they had to register that whole thing. Again, the Red Tails, this is listed twice. I don't know why, but it is a different serial number that's listed. Is it different spacing in Red Tails? One word? Yeah, one word or two? No. Well, the way it's listed here, I don't know if that's just the way someone put it on a spreadsheet. The Freedom Fighters with WFF in parentheses. Don't know what that means. The Freedom Fighters again. The War Hogs. The Rad Skins. The Rad Skins is a good one. The Rad Skins is a good one. Please, no. Is Radskins our number one pick and why? One hundred percent. God, it's so and bad. it's because it's a rad. It's totally rad, dude. Listen, this is I, I'm telling you, Radskins can revive Zubaz. So if, <laughs> if you are old enough to remember Zubaz, which I hope you are if you're listening to this podcast, if you're not, look them up because unfortunately the business Zubaz just filed for bankruptcy and they're gonna disappear here like in a couple of months. 
which is a shame, but I'm also not helping the situation because I haven't bought Zuma since I was a child, much less I shouldn't be drinking orange soda since I was a child, but I had one the other day and Crush is amazing. But anyways, I digress. They could call themselves the Radskins and then shorten it to Rad and it's written it in that lightning 90s font that everybody remembers from the early 90s when oh, the world was a naughty, shitty place and we were all playing Super Nintendo. So I'm telling you, they could both revive Zubaz as a viable company, call themselves the Radskins, keep the same colors, and it's both the worst and best name possible. Well, and how would you make their potato skins? Because obviously Radskins would have to dive into the concession stand and they would have to have a meal of potato skins with radishes? Well, maybe not radishes. It could be, they could be spicy. They could be like spicy potato skins. Yeah. They come with a side of palate cleansing radishes. Radical dude. But exactly. When you're presented with your rad skins, (laughs) every time they hand them to you, the clerk has to say, Sir, your rad skins are ready, and then an electric guitar riff of when somebody goes rad skins. That's it has to happen every time. When they get a third down, your rad skins are up for a third down. I mean, come on, there are infinite possibilities with this badass. Get the uh, die Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper Tin guy that pops up out of the screen. That's your mascot for the rad skins. You see what we're doing here? We're solving problems. Mike, are you disappointed in us? When does the team move to Daytona Beach? That's that's my only question. Oh, yes. All the gear has to be airbrushed. Airbrushed jerseys. Oh, yes. Airbrush the name on the back. Oh, that's amazing. Where are we going with this, boys? <laughs> well, let me ask this. What popped in this guy's head, this realtor, to say, Radskins? That could be it. That could be the one. I know. <laughs> because it's, I want- not, it's not cheap to get a trademark, by the way. It's like, it's like it's pretty expensive to get a trademark. I'm that's what I mean. It's he's gone this far right i feel like his wife is watching him and she goes radskins and he's like honey it's a possibility what do you she, want she's this over his play. shoulder all they have to do all they have to do is approach me to buy one of these and this whole gamble is going to work now watch they're going to call themselves the washington whippersnappers and this guy's going to be like son of a bitch and his wife's going to leave him and, and she's going to be like i told you whippersnappers was going to be one whippersnappers that's right <laughs> the Washington who do you thunk? But you had to go Radskins. Tell me you don't want someone getting handy to play to potato skins with heavy metal guitar riffs in the background and say, say hey, Radskins. When, when they lay down, here's your potato skins, whenever I go somewhere and they say, here's your potato skins, I'm going to be like, whoa, where's the guitar riff? My, I thought I you, ordered Radskins. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm sorry. I thought I was getting the Rad Tails. Oh, I didn't know so, this was a boring establishment without my electric <laughs> guitar. Is this acoustic? Are you going to stand there? Wait, I would wait for the electric guitar every time. <laughs> they could have Internet Keith come out just to play the uh, the riff. <laughs> just and nobody wants to basis at their dinner that's, table. That's what he's doing now. You got to run out and slide down a long runway on your you know on your knees, playing this heavy metal <laughs> riff. Sparklers going. That's just to get potato skins. I'm not even talking about starting the game. This is every time someone orders potato skins. Mike, what do you want the name to be? Choose one right off the top of your head. I've always thought Washington Warriors would be good, although I do understand why they would want to move completely away from any potentially. I don't think you have to go Indian with it, right, though? I think if you wanted to do something cool, you could do like Washington Warriors and almost do it like a 
a military themed uh, team. Like, you know, it, it doesn't have to be Native American warriors, right? But I do like alliteration. Alliteration's my bag. So Washington Warriors, I've, it's cool. It's it's objectively cool nickname. And you could keep the same colors and everything like that, literal. Based okay, on Zach's so, taste, he does well, not like that. Well, I'm, I'm a little curious about alliteration is your bag. Uh, yes. Your name is Mike Herndon. Uh-huh. Okay, Dominic Herndon, Shelby Herndon. None of those are Dominic, alliterated. Dominic Daniel Herndon, though. Oh yeah, yeah. Why didn't you go, Derrick Henry, Herndon? <laughs> that was a close second. Okay. Was that a close? Was I wanted, really a close I wanted him to get the contract extension before I committed to a, a child name first, though. So if maybe not, number two. If your next child is not Horatio Herndon, I'm gonna be very upset. Very upset. It's just a weird thing to say that you're pro literate. You're you're so into alliteration more than anybody else. No. He said alliteration is his bag. Yeah. Which to <laughs> but me but means there's nothing in your life that is about alliteration. You know, I, this is the first time I'm hearing know this. about. Do you work it into articles like some sort of secret Illuminati code? Yeah, you haven't picked up on it yet? No. I'm no. upset about this. Well, I, disappointed. First, I, I want to say that I'm anti Red Tails. And here's why because it's about the Tuskegee Air Force, which is in Alabama, which has nothing to do with Washington. Like, there's no ties to Washington. I understand that people are going to say, well, the Titans don't have anything to do with Nashville. Well, we have the Parthenon, and we have the, you know, we're the, what, Athens of the South or whatever. I mean, there's little ties there. I don't see the ties for the Red Tails. I'm all in on Red Wolves, though. I don't really know if Red Wolf is the uh, – state animal like the raccoon is here but you know i think red wolf would be a good one i'm in on red wolves i think red I wolf like that is, one yeah i think it's safe the red wolf that's 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 a safe oh, good oh, choice oh, oh i just came up with one the washington wolves because i don't know if you guys know this or not but alliteration's my bag oh it's oh. your bag too well yeah. no it's my bag it's not your bag it's my bag zach stole my bag i just t- took the bag Son of a bitch. That's not. I mean, what are we doing here? Uh, Stealing each other's bag on the podcast. I quit. Zach stole my bag. I'm a, I'm a Baron Robber. I'm, I'm out. I do, I'm like you. Red Tails is just, it's just kind of silly. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, well, when just, I first heard it, I was thinking like a Red Tail Hawk is where my mind went first. And then everybody's like, no, the, you know, the fighter jets and, or the fighter pilots and all that. And I'm like, well, that's Tuskegee. Like, uh, yeah. That's. To me, to me, that's where it goes to. I, I mean, I grew up in Alabama, but yeah. I mean, that's where it goes to for me. I understand that. I guess it could be something, you know, new. But I mean, I mean, I guess now that I think about it, if you work in the, it's you know, the the airmen and the military, yeah, I could see that being pretty cool. I kind of wish they would go military themed with it somehow but I, I guess we'll see i'm telling you Radskins is where it's at though yeah now, y'all, y'all like the washington generals i think that's a little weird that's mm. awful like because it's, i mean isn't that the team that the harlem globetrotters beat up on all the time yes, the globetrotters they can't take that that, that they, would be awful that would be yeah you would have way too many every single time the well, i was just about to said redskins every single time the washington whatevers played terrible there would be the inevitable comparison to hey washington whatevers you know, is alliteration your bag too it really is yeah it's a bag i just found recently like in yeah. the last 
90 seconds, I would say, and I'm really enjoying it so far. Lebowski has the bag now. <laughs> yeah. I, I oh, lost sorry. a bag in an alley. Yeah. But, and, and uh, I won't I, tell you what I was doing. <laughs> did, you have, did you have pants on? Was there a seafood tower? You'll never know. <laughs> well, all right. So we're going to wrap this up because we're talking about alliteration. I called them the Washington whatevers. That's, this is not going anywhere productive. But we really appreciate you all tuning in, as always. Have I left anything out, gentlemen, that you wanted to get off your chest? I don't Just think this so. bag. Nope. It, the bag is on your chest? <laughs> That's not chest even now. alliteration. Well, well. Pathetic offering. That's that's what you're going to leave us with. Okay, that's fine. I'll close yeah. I'll I like to I like to end with a fizzle. That's always what I found is best. <laughs> Do you have that painted on your wall in your house instead of live, laugh, love? In yeah. quotes, it just says, I like to end with a fizzle. End it with a fizzle. A nice <laughs> fizzle. I like to keep you wondering, is that it? <laughs> <laughs> And I was much, really hoping there'd be more. I really, really hope that's not what you think when you turn off this podcast today, people. I, I like cooking it? with wine, but sometimes I drink it. <laughs> or wait, sometimes I, oh, I like cooking with wine. I wish sometimes I would cook with it. Is that how it goes? I don't You're, know. Are, are you quoting something you saw on a pillow? This, I don't remember. This is a great place to stop. This, this sounds like a <laughs> quote that you read on a dish towel and you're like, yeah. where did you find this? Is this a section in Bed Bath and Beyond? This is this is going apart. This is where the listeners start going, "Wow, this is ending with a fizzle." Uh, really appreciate you all tuning in. As always, football and other f words. You can find us on all your favorite podcast streaming apparatuses. If you would please go out of your way to link, rate, or subscribe. And if you like us, you know, please share us on social media. For Mike Herndon, Mike Miracles, for Zach, and myself, Mitchell Lebowski, you have been. Asked.